0: This is a Hogs Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club podcast. Here's your host, Chip Souza of the Hogs Sports Network. We're here today
1: at the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheon. We had a great speaker today, former Arkansas coach, national champion coach, Nolan Richardson was the guest speaker. We also honored a prep program of the week, which was the Bentonville tennis team the girls and boys team both won uh, state championships and overall championships and here is emily with the bentonville tennis program all right bentonville tennis is our program of the week our prep rally program of the week two doubles state champions girls and boys and two state team co-championships. I think I got all that right. Yes, you did. Yeah. So, uh, great season for you guys. Yeah.
2: I'm not sure we'll have one again, but I'll take it this
1: year. When did you, and I I know that the the boys doubles team, they've been together for like, I think this is like maybe three or three three or four years. Were the girls somewhat of a surprise that they developed that quickly, or did you have an idea they were going to be that good?
2: They played together last year. Okay. They got to the state finals, and then they um, got to the semifinals at um, overall state.
1: Okay. So okay. they're
2: both really talented. We knew they were going to play together. And okay. they played the same people they played last year and beat them twice. So. Wow,
1: wow. <laughs> well, um, so I know, you know, the, the state team race, a lot of people don't understand how, that, how, does, how the team points work in tennis. Can you, like, give me a little encapsulated uh, description of that?
2: Yeah, so each, each team that advances through the state tournament earns points for the total team. Okay. Um, so we actually had three different boys sections um, in state, so they contributed all three together. Okay. The boys winning really sealed it. That's the only way we could win state. And then the girls were actually unique in the fact that they were the only qualifying team that we had. Okay. So them winning the whole thing and winning the championship is very rare
1: do you get more points for singles or doubles or is it just the same amount of points
2: yeah same amount of points the only thing that is different is um, as you get further in the tournament you earn more points per win
1: okay okay all right and you know bentonville tennis has been you know been strong for a while um what's it like dealing i mean is there pressure on you to make sure you put that big Oak Trophy in the case yeah. every year, what's that like?
2: I don't know if it's pressure. I think it's more excitement. I know these kids can do it. Um, it's really down to kind of how other teams also perform and who shows up that day. Tennis is unique because you can have an off day and yeah. kind of just out of nowhere. So um, we really had everything together in a perfect storm, but I called both championships the first email of the season. I okay. knew we were going to win both. So. That's
1: awesome. Yeah fired your shot and, and I, did.
2: <laughs> I knew it though I mean we we were due on the boys side for a while those yeah, boys made close. it to the finals yeah. three times yeah
1: so. um so I know I'm, I'm guessing they play a lot outside of school mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing is that um you know is that how, how much of a help is that for for the high school team
2: oh yeah I think it's really important um at, my, at the high school, I mean, I usually play them together because they're kind of the top-level top, top level players at my at my team, but um, the more they play, they play, the more experience they okay. get. We really focus on match play a lot. This year I had them playing tournaments all summer. Okay. Um, match play really translates more into the learned skills that they need to actually win.
1: Gotcha, so, gotcha. You know. Well, congratulations on, you. on two state champions. Thank you. Are you, you going to get two rings? I will. That's awesome. Yeah. We're that bling.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, again, congratulations. Thank you so much. You Bet. Our prep rally athlete of the week was Luke Elsick of Farmington. He had a couple of touchdowns in Farmington's big win against Shiloh Christian last week. Here is Luke Elsick. I'm talking with Luke Elsick. He is our prep rally player of the week, Farmington Cardinals. Huge win for you guys Friday night. What, what was that like when, when the game ended? Oh, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I was really excited. So, you guys were, got behind, you know, first half. What was kind of, what was Coach Eldridge, what was his uh, talk to you guys at halftime about, you know, holding on to the rope and that kind of thing?
2: We'll just put on more steam. Can't let it get us down and just
1: keep going. So, you guys got the ball there late in the game. You know, I think I think you may be down by six or seven or something like that, maybe. I can't remember the score. Uh, walk me through that that big drive. Uh, that was capped by your touchdown. Uh, so, I remember that one. <laughs> we so we then wasn't that the one we got fourth and long? Yeah, yeah. Made that Big throw. Yeah, Lester to Dawson. Yeah, that, that got me going. Yeah. So, and then did that kind of give you guys a, a big boost of momentum? That that's yeah, I think it did. Yeah, and then got the ball in good field position, and then just drove down and scored. How, you know, when you guys are running football like that and you're getting three, four, five yards at a pop, what does that, you know, what does that do for you as a running back and maybe for your offensive line to, you know, to know that you're just moving the change and just you know, eating up clock like that? Just... Power football. Yeah, power football. Good yeah. deal. So you guys are, are uh, now you know, tied for the, the lead in the conference. Uh, how do you feel the last two weeks? Feel good, we can't let that, like, we gotta keep going. We can't let this, this, we gotta win this week Yeah, and just secure it and stuff. Good deal, that is uh, Luke Elsick, the Prep Rally Player of the Week, Farmington Cardinals, go Cards! Nolan Richardson was the guest speaker today and he sat down with our Matt Jones of Hogs Sports Network. And here's a question and answer session with Matt Jones and the great Nolan Richardson
0: it's one of the things I want to ask you about. You, you've mentioned this before. Yeah, go ahead. You've mentioned this before that, you know, you, you're wearing your Naismith Hall of Fame shirt there, but you're in a lot of Halls of Fame.
3: And I, I mean, thought I was in every one of them. <laughs> when they be calling me and say, Nolan, congratulations. I said, for what? Well, we're, we're inducting you into the Hall of Fame. I said, hell, I thought I was already in it. <laughs> You went into one earlier
0: this year, the Junior College Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina.
3: Yeah, and that's something? I'm just looking at some plackets on the wall, 78, 79, 80, Coach of the Year, Coach of the Year, Coach of the Year, undefeated, and I'm just getting into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> that's why I say I don't, I don't pay any attention anymore. When they call me, I'm, it's like I'm not in that yet. <laughs> I think it is they're running out of people.
0: Now, are you in Are you in some halls of fame for non-basketball?
3: I'm in a lot of those. <laughs> and a lot of those are my family members. They mm-hmm. think I'm in the hall of fame with them all the time. <laughs> but no, I, I don't. Most of them is because of the sports. Mm-hmm. And most of it is because of choosing to coach the basketball. Uh, that's what I think if you know, if you were to ask anyone outside of the University of Arkansas, outside meaning Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, anywhere, they would probably think that I'm 40 minutes of hell, kind of goes with Mm -hmm. Arkansas basketball.
0: The Naismith Hall of Fame. I think everyone in here has seen your speech at least once, probably multiple (laughs) times. Uh, Tell us about that experience, that speech, that night, getting to to get that honor.
3: You know, it was real funny because I I got to know Larry Bird while I was working with Converse and wearing their stuff and we'd go on trips. But I told him that same story that that actually happened. You know, I was driving down the street. I was a junior college coach Mm -hmm. and he was at Indiana State. And I was just driving down the street, Larry, and I said, and all of a sudden, I hear your name, but I I, I don't keep up with college basketball. I had junior college, and that's all I thought about. But in, in that game, it was going... Bird did this, Bird did that. And this bird is, it took it behind his back. And Bird, did you see the pass that Bird made? And I'm saying, damn, this guy's pretty good, you know? <laughs> I'm driving, I'm saying, boy, and Bird did this. And then I said, hell, that brother can play. Because <laughs> I ain't never heard of no white bird. That's <laughs> a black bird, but I ain't never heard no white bird, right? <laughs> so I said, Jesus Christ, can he play? I can hardly wait to see this guy play. Now, now i got somebody to follow. The next morning I get up and I'm getting ready to head back to the junior college. I get the newspaper and there's Larry Bird. White. <laughs> I said, damn, I still like him. <laughs> and so I told that story to him. And then I told it to the audience so he could understand that it actually happened. And, and uh, uh, and then to this day, I, I, I choose him as one of the players. The, the reason I liked him so much is because wherever he played, the team was better. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't so much like some of the guys who win national championships, they got five NBA players. Larry Bird took a bunch of guys to the final game that couldn't tie up their shoe. <laughs> but with him, you got a chance. And so, to me, that's how I judge basketball players. Can you pass? Can you shoot? Can you do everything? Do you make the guy next to you better than if he wasn't on the floor? Larry could. And so, that's kind of the uh, – it was an easy, easy save about, about old Larry.
0: Not every national championship coach is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's a, it's a big honor for, for you to have gone in there. Was, was it something that you, you strived to, to be there?
3: I had no clue, man. I, I, I came to work every day, wanting to win every day. Uh, a lot of folks thought I had a chip on my shoulder. It didn't have a chip, it was a damn mountain. You know, it was big, and, and I wanted to do good. I, 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 I never, I, you know, I, I used to get a kick out of, when I was dismissed from my job, the radio stations would say, he will never get in the Hall of Fame for what he did. And I said, damn, I wish they were right. <laughs> they wasn't right. So getting into anything, I always look at one thing when they were asking me about the floor. I said, if my numbers are not good enough to be put there or whatever it takes, if my numbers are not good, then I shouldn't be placed in it. So let the numbers speak for it. I'm through. I don't have to speak for that. You know, if the numbers say he deserves this, he deserves that. That's what should happen, as far as I'm concerned, because I, I, I didn't go into the game wanting to be a Hall of Famer. I wanted to go in the game to be a hell of a coach.
0: Yeah, we mentioned they're playing Purdue Saturday, and it's a warm-up game. It doesn't count against their record. Right. I think back to your years, you were playing UMass and Georgetown and Duke and Arizona the first <laughs> week of the season. I mean, how would you have been Did you not had to have those games count against your record?
3: You know, you can mention those games today, uh, and you can mention those games. You know, I, I spent five years at Tulsa, and, mm-hmm. and playing playing some of the teams in the Missouri Valley Conference was pretty tough, along with what I've done, had a chance over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's I, I was blessed. I'm blessed to have good players and good coaching staff. I think that's the biggest, the keys that we overlook is that, and then and, and we didn't schedule a lot of what I call cupcakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the year that they dismissed me. I had a fire schedule of a coach. My schedule was to fire a coach <laughs> to tell the truth, uh, because you played, we, we, we made OU Oklahoma state Tulsa or Roberts was like tobacco road. Right here, yeah. you know, and you and you played them as your preseason games. Mm-hmm. And you had an Illinois on that And one year was Ohio State and Tennessee and Georgia, you know. So you had a variety of pretty dang good teams that, the, that we played against. Uh,
0: getting a chance to warm up against a team like Purdue, what do you think it does for this year's team?
3: That's great. It gives them a, a, maybe a truer picture of how good they could be, mm. you know. Uh, I think they're gonna be real good, you know. I think Muss has done a tremendous job in being able to come in and bring the kind of players that he's bringing in year in and year out. There won't be, to me, there won't be a lot of players that you will see the following year.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But I think most of the coaches are gonna do that now. That, you know, you, it's like a one-year deal. Everybody, it was a one-year deal. Or if it's not a one-year deal, they've made a deal with the agent that you play so many games and you sit out so many games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it, I would go stone crazy <laughs> Now, you mean, first of all, I got to recruit you to get you there. Now I got to recruit you to keep you there. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Who pays the best buck will get the best players. They've been, a lot of teams have been doing that anyway, so they're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Football, <laughs> basketball, they, they, they're good at it. How do you assess the job that Eric
0: Musselman's done and, and being able to get the program back to a level that it had, had not been at since you
3: coached? Super. He's done a super job. I call him super coach. You know, anytime you did have been able to, you know, take a team and take a group, and, and 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 improve upon what was being done. That's 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 a tremendous job to do. And and like I said, he's to me he sets perfect because he's used to having teams one year, two year players. A lot of the coaches are three and four, you know, years players, and to develop, and you see what you're developing. He's got to bring them in. They got to be just what he or If not, he loses. It's not second chances, because the guy who can't play ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so, so he's got to he got to hit the he got to hit that thing and hit it right. And that's that's what I think he can do.
0: He took over for a great friend of yours, Mike Anderson. Uh, he was let go in in New York earlier this year. Am I right? He's living in Dallas now. How yeah, he's much moving. do you keep up with him
3: and? I believe he's moved. Well, I know he's moved to to Dallas, Texas. That makes it closer to Tulsa, which is where his wife's family's from. They can get there. uh, Not that far, his son, one of his daughters, lives here in Fayetteville. So he's in and out of here quite a bit. Yeah, he's, he's, he, uh, you know, Mike's had at least 37 years of coaching Mm in. So he's had, he's, he, I don't know if he'll coach anymore. But I think once you get out and and let some years go by you 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 won't you don't you won't return but mm. here in the next couple of years it could return
0: did that happen with you because I would I would assume you had chances to get back into college basketball coaching after you got let go with the U of a you never did I know you coached in the WNBA you coached a couple of national teams but what kind of opportunities did you have from a college perspective
3: well uh, w- you know, you hate to say that, that I was one of the f- coaches that when jobs were open, I, there, there couldn't have been a better coach available than myself from a standpoint of the games won, championships, conference championships. And, and there couldn't have been on paper, there's, there is no way that I should not have been offered opportunities. And I was—I probably received one or two opportunities, but not. It wasn't to me. I wasn't concerned about going somewhere to coach again. As you know, if I had to do it all over again, I might have to question myself, because I thought there was still a lot of years. Because at the age of 60, I'm through, and most most coaches are going to 60. My coach was uh had 45 years in coaching, you know, and, and uh, back in that, that day. I don't think coaches can last that long anymore. Uh, I don't think coaches that go to schools will be there 10 years, mm-hmm. 9, 8 years, you know. Uh, a lot of them are saying, this is my last job or this is my only job. This is my dream job. Yeah, I know what the dream is. <laughs> That's the dream. Yeah. It turns green. Yep.
0: <laughs> you, you were coaching, I don't remember if this was the Mexican national team or the Panamanian, but it was one of them, and you were coaching against uh, Team USA. And Coach K was on the other sideline. And I've read this story before, I think it was somewhere around 06, I think Kobe, LeBron, Kobe, LeBron. Dwayne Wade, they were all playing on the yeah. team. And he told them, "You need to go over and shake Nolan Richardson's hand and thank him for what he's done for the game of basketball." Right. Tell us about that that memory.
3: Well, that that was really an amazing feat because here I am, the coach of the. It was the Mexican team. Uh, We're playing the United States, and that's me too. And I'm saying, "God Almighty, do I go out and play my country? (laughs) Do we win or lose?" You know, uh, but I don't have that kind of intelligence, so. Once I put on my clothes to go to work, that's who I work for. Mm -hmm. And that's who I was working for. But, uh, And I I got word of it. Kobe came over to me and said, hey, Coach, uh, uh, I want to thank you for what you've done for us and what you you stand for. And some of the other guys want to shake your hand to thank you also. So each one of them came out and, and did that. And it was real funny, because I had one assistant coach, and then the United States introduced their team, and they had Boeheim, Gene Cady, <laughs> <laughs> and the guy that, my 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 buddy that was with me was Wayne Stelick. Wayne was my assistant. And Wayne looked at me and said, damn, you beat all of them guys. <laughs> I said, yeah, but they did. They they got them all together tonight, man. One on one, if we got a chance, but when they get them all together. We got ooh, we got hell here, but but they had a great they had a great team. They really did.
0: So Coach K, Duke, you you beat them in the national championship. There's a few games before they come to Bud Walton, but they're coming at the end of November. Uh, I know that's got a lot of people excited. You look on the secondary sites, and the ticket prices are just amazing. Uh, What do you think about that game and and what that night will mean? Because this is the 30-year anniversary of your championship season.
3: Well, I think it's going to be a game where the Razorbacks will will really play well. Uh, I'm not sure Duke is as good as they've been in the past. And, and, And to come in the bud for the first time, with what's going on, with what's going on here, oh man, sometimes you can think of a blowout. And I don't think it's gonna be really that close. But I think, again, the capabilities of how, what they can do and what they will do are two different things. And so, but uh, the thing that is so good about his teams that you can depend on they'll guard you Mm -hmm. when you can guard somebody, you got a chance and they'll guard you.
0: How would you have been able to use Devo Davis talking about somebody who can guard?
3: Oh, Devo was my favorite when he was just coming in and nobody knew he could play. (laughs) I thought, God almighty, this guy is, is an animal, you know, he's, uh, he's all over the place. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Devo is, is a very clutching individual. I mean, and a hard worker, uh, He's what you call the blue-collar, blue-collar worker. He's the man, you know, he, he you know, you, you can tell the, his swag, his swag is, is totally different than some, some of the young kids that have come to play. You know, he, he knows, he, you know, he, he, he just seemed to me he's got that feel, you know, and I, and I enjoy watching body language. I, I'm a, I, I checked that out pretty quick on it. When I go scout, the body language ain't there. I may not want to try to recruit you, even though you got all the numbers. He's got that body language.
0: And it's not just the defense with him. I mean, I don't think any of us could have ever imagined when he was a freshman that he would score, what was it, 25, 26 points on Kansas and take over the game he did offensively the way he did in that game last year.
3: Well, with Devo, that's the thing that makes him so unique because he's capable of getting you 30. He's also capable of getting you 10 rebounds. He's also capable of getting you five or six charges. Mm-hmm. He's, cap- he's capable of doing so many things for, for his team, come up with steals, touches. You know uh, they, they keep records of those things now, but they used to then keep records on how many times a young man touched the ball. I, I do because that's how we play. Uh, I get a kick out of a guy, the, the, some of the coaches that. Don't use your hands. I said, well, hell, if you don't use your hands, how do you play? <laughs> now, you can use your hands, just know how to use your hands. And, and you teach that. I said, can, can you imagine me telling Debo, hey, Debo, I don't want you to don't try to touch the ball. But then he ain't no player. No. You know, he, Coach said, you know, I see the drills. They got their hands behind their back, and they're moving their feet. What the hell is that going to do? <laughs> If they can go around you. You know? Sometimes, but it looks good. It's kind of like, uh, uh, let me say, I hate to hear my back. It's kind of like the old saying, it's not an old saying, it's, uh, it doesn't matter if you win. Have you heard this? It doesn't matter if you win, it's how you play the game. Now, who in the hell invented those words? <laughs> So I, I looked it up to see who I'm quoting. He didn't sign his name. <laughs> so, But it sounds good. And there's a lot of things that the guys on TV sounds good, and every oh yeah, all of you eat it up. Oh my god, that's, that's what Dick Vitale said. I said, hell with Dick. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you win. Then I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if it didn't matter. Right? It matters if you win. Can you imagine Patton or one of the big time generals comes to one of his uh, people and say to them, it doesn't matter if we win. It's how we die. Nice. Or you're at the doctor's office. And he says, it doesn't matter if I don't save you, as long as I cut you nice. <laughs> and that's what I told the guy on the airplane that we were going. And he said, what happened, coach? We got beat. And I said, oh, we got beat. But yeah, but what happened? Well, coach, if you had a put it in, I said, how many games have you won? Uh, what, what, did you play basketball? Well, I was in the third grade so that gives you the, 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 you know the game that well in third grade. Yeah. Now, I would have, if, if I were you, I would have, I said, wait a minute. If you were me, you would have done what? Got your ass beat like I did? <laughs> so everybody's an assistant coach. So you just... And I tell try to tell the young coaches, you got to ignore it and keep on walking. I want to I want to say one thing. I, I've got a, a good friend here, a couple of good friends, but but the guys that, that I I get to play a little golf with on a Thursday is Hickory. Hickory, stand up. Hickory, can you still stand up? Stand up. Can you still stand up? Yeah. Y'all take a good look at Hickory. He hits the ball 50 to 100 yards past me. (laughs) 90 what, four? How old? 93. 93. Hits it 275 yards. (laughs) Well, that's who I hang out with now, guys that are tough. (laughs) (laughs) Guys that nobody want to (laughs) fight because we're too damn old. But anyway, I don't know if I answered your question. Uh, Did you
0: ever consider a career in stand-up? Stand-up? Yeah.
3: Yeah, they've asked me to do it. Every time I get up, they tell me, sit down. (laughs) 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 So I don't don't think I I have a future in stand-up.
0: Before you coached basketball, you were a football coach, right? Yes. At, At a middle school? High school? At the high school. Okay. A blitzing coach? You know what? I, we had a
3: defense that we called huevo. Huevo. Huevo was egg. In Spanish, a huevo is an egg. Okay. And, 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 and you use the word scramble. So I had that, that, those words for my team in both. When, as a basketball coach, mm-hmm. we had the defense called el huevo, which is a, the scramble. The scramble is getting after it, double team. That's why no one ever knew where we were coming from. Because we were like a weasel, just go any goddamn. I mean, just, just just attack. And so, in football, we had that same kind of deal. Uh, I, I I get a kick out of the lineup. I can see the slot right, slot left. That we call them slots. And then of course, I played as an end spot. I was an end. And back in the old days, they had that lonesome end mm-hmm. that never went to the huddle. That was me. I never went to a huddle, we, the, and, and it was very new and unique in those days, and, all, and, and I was bigger than most, taller than most guys, and the quarterback just threw me like basketball passes, and it was so easy to catch, and I, I'd run me about three or four yards, lay down, <laughs> lay down, and then I faked them one time. I thought I was going to lay down, and I went on and scored a touchdown which was the worst thing I ever done. Now they expected it. <laughs> but football, I, I enjoyed coaching it. Uh, but there was only two coaches in football in those days. The head coach. Now I wasn't a varsity coach. We're talking about ninth, eighth, ninth grade. I was uh, the, the, the freshman and eighth grade coach would help the, the varsity coach. So I was more like a helper, but I did enjoy the game, being able to play it and being able to coach on that level. But I, I, even though I was on that level for 10 years, I never second, tried to second-guess the coach. And it was good because I knew he, had a, he didn't have the kind of players that we used, were going against that were a lot better than we were. So football is, is, I enjoy watching it probably more than I enjoy watching the basketball. College, I love watching college football. I'll watch it. Uh, I won't just watch any, any uh, college basketball. And, and I and I used to get in trouble because Eastwood, Eastwood, but uh, Big East, they play so slow. And so I, uh, I was in a meeting one day and I told him, if I want to go to sleep, I just turn on to the Big East channel. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I got more letters from Big East coaches, boy. Hey, so you're that good, huh? Yeah, hell, I didn't go to sleep. <laughs> but uh, they play so slow, you know. Uh, I, my coach got angry with me one day because here comes a newspaper guy like Bob. Comes in there and he sits down. He asks me a question. He says, you guys played Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was Mr. Iba, A lot of passing. A lot of passing. I said, yeah. He said, the score was phenomenal. Defensive game was a great balance. 26-27. You guys win by two. He's going through all this. and What do you think? I said, hell, we play keep away. Keep away? Yeah, they kept it away from us. We kept it away from them. <laughs> In other words, they passed it 15 times. Then it was our turn. We go down and pass it 15 times. So halftime score, 7 to 9. <laughs> and, and then I said, and then they say, what a great defensive battle. That wasn't who battled. battle. <laughs> Just play keep away. <laughs> so they, they told Coach Haskins what I said. <laughs> They told him what I said. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that day in practice, they thought 40 minutes of hell was something. It was about two hours and a half of hell, <laughs> of run, run, run. Oh, we don't do nothing but pass, Richardson, huh? Yeah, well, good for you. Why don't you run that of that? <laughs> I said, coach, you may, you may. You may think that I'm going to quit, or or you can run me off, but you can't can't run me out. So he finally stopped running me. But I never said that again. (laughs) So if you want to pass it 50 times, you got my blessings. (laughs) Uh, That's a What you got left? Uh, two more. You mentioned Bob. Do you remember? You, do, you, do you miss your
0: press conferences with Bob? Do I miss Bob? Do you miss him?
3: Bob! <laughs> Bob is the only sports writer that I know of. Not, I mean, everybody else knows what he is. That can ask you the same question 950,000 ways <laughs> and expect, for one, to. to Correlate with what he wants to say. <laughs> I thought that's a gift. <laughs> right. Bob was a gift. I said, damn, boy, Bob is really a smart son of a gun. He didn't ask me that same question over and over and over and over. But he's, uh, he's a guy that I have a tremendous a lot of respect for. The reason I have respect for guys like Bob is because they do their homework. When you do your homework and you quote me, you have to be there to see and not somebody tell you what I said. Bob would always check and make sure that the quotes were right or that's what he felt. And so, you know, I could never say anything uh, real negative other than the fact that he'll, he'll ask you so many questions that you get tired of talking to him. But I don't, because I like to hear him trying to figure out how to get me to say what I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a game going, you know?
0: We have the Arkansas Sports Writers and Sportscasters Hall of Fame here. And Bob got inducted last year. and. Coach Richardson gave the presenting video, and he said, "Bob, I'm going to get to ask you a question finally. What was and it? I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered that part. <laughs> hey, let, let's wrap up on this. The state of basketball, college basketball, uh, you know, transfer portal, NIL, all of this is, is so much different than when you coached. How do you assess the the state of modern
3: college basketball? Ooh, man, I couldn't." I wouldn't be very good at it. I think, you know, it, it depends. If you got a rid of the rule where a player receives X number of dollars, this is what I see. I'm i I've got a very good player and he's making three, four hundred thousand. I got another player that's not very good and he he's making ten dollars. What's going to keep the guy that don't make anything from saying, hell, I don't make none, so I don't care what, what the outcome is? Because then what it becomes is all about money. And so if I'm at this school, and this school next to me offered me $10,000 to leave a school that I'm making $3,000, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And, To me, that's what I see is happening because there's no loyalty. The loyalty has to go because what is important now is this job turns into a money position, preparing me for the next level. I know people used to, didn't understand when I would say to them, this kid is not a student athlete. He's not. They come to school to try to advance themselves to play on the next level. That's why they come to school. I did the same thing. Then it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Then they become a student to try to finish school. Now, so let's reverse that. Student athlete sounds good. Oh, he's a student athlete. But he doesn't go to class. How is he a student-athlete if he don't go to class? Now, let's say he don't make it or something happens, a knee injury, an ankle, anything happens. Now he's got to say, hey, I, I've, I've, got to, I've got to get a piece of paper to maybe help me get a better job. See, the window of opportunity it's, it's wide, you know, you could be 90 years old and go get a degree. I have, my daughter's got three of them and don't work in any of them. <laughs> but three, I mean, that's the window of opportunity. Basketball and football, they know, there ain't no know 80-year-old guy out there playing no football. The only window of opportunity is golf. If you can walk and hit it and you can be like... Lindy there, knocked the piss out of it. (laughs) You got a chance to at least make some money. But what other sport is there? So here I am, I got two kids, I'm in college a senior, and you asking me to stay around another year when I can go make some money to help to raise my kids? That's what's happening a lot of times. When you coach the type of kids that I have, they come from single-parent homes. Nobody send them $100 in a month. They can't do this. They can't do that. They don't have it. Now they got it, abundance of it. Not everybody, though. So how, do you, how do you legislate that? Somebody can explain how you can get all the guys buy in. As you got to buy into your coach, to what he's doing, to how hard he plays. You buy into that. You're not making it. You can't buy in. So, Lindy, question. Did you get a degree? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you go to get a degree? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I can go take another guy and sit him right by Lindy, who has just the opposite life. And he would say no to all those questions. See, that's why I say you can't be on, the, on top of the ivory tower looking down, because you don't see what's down there. You got to get in there. You got to get in there. So I've been in there. You can't come to me and cry on my shoulders, well, I don't have a dad. I didn't either. I didn't have a father. I, I mean, were, uh, he was gone by the time I was 10, which passed away. My mother died. I was three. Ah, you can't bring that kind of a story, so you have to try to do one or two things. Get good enough to go make some money or get your a degree. You, I don't care which one you do, but get it, get it done. That's being realistic and stop being making things feel like you know it's funny when i'm am looking at things today and nobody ever mentions graduation anymore it's gone it used to be well we got to do this for the student hey ain't nobody nothing about no student i just heard a ticket cost $1000 to go watch a basketball game are you kidding me Forgetting ourselves sometimes about our, our kids. And so you, you ask me if would I enjoy uh, coaching at this day and age? Not probably really, because even though it was not so good then, it's worse now. If they don't make it, you'll see some of them come back to school. That's fine. Then they become students. It's amazing because they got nowhere to go. They're their student. Does that, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes, but no. I, I know
0: what you're saying. Coach, we appreciate you being here okay. and uh, appreciate all your time and everything you've done. And Would you all give him one more round of applause?
1: <clears throat> Thank you. We'll be back next week. That'll be the November 1st meeting in which Arkansas women's basketball coach Mike Neighbors will be our guest speaker. You will not want to miss that meeting as Coach Neighbors is always a great speaker. They're getting ready to ramp up their season, got high expectations. Again, that will be next week's luncheon, Mike Neighbors, Arkansas women's basketball coach. So join us next week. And thanks for listening to this podcast. And you can hear this podcast wherever podcasts are available, at Amazon, Spotify, and other places where podcasts are available. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you
0: next week. The preceding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.